Ciao, I'm Johnny LaPasta, and welcome to my new podcast, What's the Pasta? The podcast where the pasta of the day could be anything and everything, from thoughtful discussions of wellness and spirit to candid conversations about culture and life, all served with a cup of mindfulness and a side of sass. Ciao, everybody, and welcome to this very first episode of the What's the Pasta podcast. Uh, I have been wanting to launch this podcast for a while now, and so I hope you know I really appreciate you tuning in, listening, and supporting. Now, before we go any further with the first episode, I just want to do a little check-in. How are we doing? It's early October as I'm recording this, and we're in month seven of Miss Rona's American tour leg. You know what I'm saying? She's still got us distanced, covered up, locked up. I mean, we're not fully closed, but we're not fully open either. We're in this weird in-between. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, and quite honestly, I don't think anyone else knows what's going on either. 2020 continues to be a year that the French would call a catastrophe. But you know what? We're trying our best. We're taking it one day at a time. We're doing the most with the least. And I hope you know I sincerely, truly, and deeply am wishing you all health and safety. And my hope for today is that we can come together as a community, discuss, get some insight, and have some giggles as we do it too. So what's the pasta of the day? Meaning, what's the tea? Meaning, what are we talking about in this episode? Well, today we're talking about something I call conscious cooking, mindfully cooking, cooking with intention, cooking with heart. My first dalliance in the world of blogging, social media, being a quote unquote influencer was in the foodie space. I'm known for being a home cook, for entertaining friends and family, for sharing my recipes online. And so for my first official podcast episode of a podcast that has the word pasta in it, I thought this would be a really good place to start. And since we're all spending a lot more time inside cooking more of our own food these days, I figured we might as well have a thoughtful discussion around cooking. So as some of you may know, or have gathered from the name Johnny LaPasta, I'm Italian, I'm half Italian. And to be honest, you're probably going to hear me bring that fact up a lot because us Italian Americans are very proud of our heritage. And my Lady Gaga fans out there, my little monsters, you have probably seen Gaga say in a million different interviews, I'm Italian. She always finds a way to sneak it in there as an explanation for why she is the way she is or she likes what she likes. Well, people... I am her, she is me, and together we are Italian. So just preparing you for that. Anyway, I grew up with an Italian-American mother. She loved to cook. My mother cooked my sister and I beautiful meals every night. She flawlessly hosted dinner parties, catered Christmas and Easter every year. And people, when I say catered Christmas Eve, I mean catered for 30 people, making antipasto platters, stuffed mushrooms, salad with homemade dressing, lasagna, meatballs, eggplant casserole, cookies, and all. And yes, she is my mother, and it's my childhood, which I could be glorifying in nostalgia, but quite honestly, Martha Stewart could never take as much time as you need with that. 
So it goes without saying that my mother is really the one who introduced me to good food and to cooking. And she instilled in me not only a love of food, but a reverence for the art of preparing it and a firm belief in its power to bring people together, to provide comfort and joy and to make memories. From a very young age, I was interested in shadowing my mother as she cooked I would sit on the counter, I'd help her stir spaghetti, I'd help her roll meatballs in my little chubby hands. While she cooked, she would tell me that the ingredient that made the food taste its best was love. And everyone absolutely loved my mother's food. And she was irrefutably the best cook in the family. And I truly believe it was not just because of her recipes and her technical skill with food. It was also the intention that she put into the food. I remember that she would hold her hand over whatever it was she was making and say, I want this food to nourish, or I want this food to provide comfort, or I want this food to help everyone feel happy. And she would tell me that she envisioned herself sending love into the food, into its very DNA. You could say that she was blessing the food or praying over it or adding an energetic vibration to it. You kind of have to buy into the philosophy that all things are energy. Your thoughts, your intentions, your wishes are one type of energy with their own vibration. And physical food is another type of energy with its own vibration. Now, obviously, one of these energies can be seen with the eye. That's the food. And the other one can't be seen with the eye, your intentions, wishes, all of that. But because Because it's all energy, they can unite. Because it's all energy, your thoughts and intentions could affect the taste, the experience, and maybe even the nutrition of the food. So I grew up, and because of my mother's training, I began to cook more and more on my own. And I also began to practice conscious cooking myself because that is how I was trained by my amazing mother. So I would also hold my hand over the food, put my intentions into it, and especially when I was cooking for other people, try and cook with love. But at first, I didn't really know to call what I was doing conscious cooking, and that wasn't a term or a phrase that my mother used either. But one day, a little bit later on, when I was about 23, which let's pause there to be 23 again. Oh, my God. Anyway, I read this essay that was titled with the exact term conscious cooking. And this is by Madison Taylor in her book, The Daily Ohm. Highly recommend it. And in this essay, conscious cooking is more or less defined as preparing food mindfully with awareness of your own energetic state and the intentions you have for the food you are preparing. Because all of this affects your food in terms of flavor, satisfaction, and nutrition. The essay states that in many ways, when you cook consciously, you are performing a type of magic. And having seen conscious cooking in action, and after doing it myself many, many times, I really do believe this to be true. So if you're still on board and you're not like, oh my God, this Johnny LaPosta guy is a total wacko, total woo-woo freak, I'm out of here, then you might be asking, how do you practice conscious cooking? And I'll tell you, there isn't really a perfect recipe for conscious cooking. It's an intuitive art. But there are techniques and practices you can use that qualify as conscious cooking. And I'll take you through those now. Okay, conscious cooking technique number one. 
elevate your state when cooking. Now, this one is the most basic technique for conscious cooking, and it's less about blessing the food or having a specific intention for it, and more about elevating your own mental and energetic state to be more positive when you're working with or preparing food. Because as previously stated, your energy can affect the food that you're working with. Now, obviously, elevating your state slash getting into a better mood can be a challenge on some days, right? Maybe you just had a really rough work day. Maybe you just got off the phone with your mom. She's disappointed in you. Again, maybe a Karen came for you in the comment. Or, you know, maybe we've all had this experience. You've just had an argument with, we'll call him Greg. And Greg has just been a total douche. And now you still have to cook Greg dinner. And so you're making roasted chicken and serving it up with a side of resentment right? we I know you feel me on this one. And then I've also had the experience of hosting a dinner party and I'm running behind. There's ingredients all over the kitchen. The oven is too damn hot. I'm sweating. And so I'm now in this stressed negative state as I just try and get the dinner for the party over the finish line. But again, with conscious cooking, we have to keep in mind that the food can be influenced by our vibration, by our mood. And so the more positive and higher vibrationally we are, the more the food is going to take on this good, good juju energy. So if you're in a funk, you're in a bad mood, I recommend try taking a moment to breathe. Try pausing on your stresses and frustrations and focus on, think about, and or listen to what makes you happy, what puts you into a good mood. So I'll use myself as an example. When I'm stepping in the kitchen to cook and I recognize that I'm in a bad mood, that I'm in a negative headspace, that my energy is a little bit heavy, I'll pop in my headphones and put on some fun, upbeat music. Little Gaga, little Ari, little Brittany, little Lizzo. And I will sing and dance as I work through the kitchen and cook whatever meal I'm cooking. And I mean, it's really a show. I mean, I really bring it in those moments. But hey, that's what I need. And that instantly puts me into a good mood. And I believe that, okay, now the food is going to take that good energy on. Another mood boosting activity that you can do as you're stepping in the kitchen to cook, I do this a lot too, is I'll call someone in my life who makes me happy. I'll call a friend or a loved one and just get into a casual conversation with them. And even if we're talking about serious things in the world, the fact that I'm talking to this person that I love so much, that really also brings me into a better energetic state. Another thing I like to do is I'll put on an inspirational podcast. Oprah is always there for us. So putting someone inspirational like her or another figure on, that can be a great mood booster as well. So these are just a couple of different things that you can do to boost your mood and to elevate your state. You know what makes you happy. You know what can turn your mood and your energy around. So whatever that is, you just do that. Now, with this technique, you are not necessarily fully present in the cooking because you're multitasking. You're listening to something. You're talking to someone, right? But you are partaking in a secondary activity that brings you joy. And this elevates your vibration and the food picks up on that. So if you are completely new to conscious cooking, I recommend just trying this technique out. Elevate your state. All right? Conscious cooking technique number two, set an intention for the food. 
What is your intention for the dish that you are cooking? What do you want the food to be? What do you want it to do? Consider the answers to these questions as you're planning the meal and as you're starting the cooking process. This will all help you to formulate an overarching intention. Here are some examples of some pretty common intentions. Uh, These are often my intentions as well. I want this meal to nourish myself and my family, my friends, whoever I'm cooking for. I want this meal to provide comfort and joy for myself and for my friends and my family. I want this soup to help heal my partner or my child who is sick. Uh, to be clear, I don't have a child. Uh, can you imagine though? Oh, that child will be so well fed. Total gourmand. My child will be shooting oysters at like two. You know what I'm saying? But again, no child presently. I just threw that example in there because, you know, when our kids are sick, we make them soup to help make them feel better. So I feel like that's an intention that everyone can kind of relate to. Anyway, once you have your intention, take a minute or so here and there throughout the cooking process to mentally or even verbally speak this intention in the direction of the food that you're working with. And you might even envision yourself, your friends, your family eating the food and enjoying it, feeling nourished by it, feeling comforted by it, feeling healed by it. You can kind of call into existence that end result. So if I'm cooking a dish that takes an hour from start to finish, first thing is when I step into the kitchen and I'm doing whatever the first task of that dish is, I'll state the intention aloud right then and there. And that sets me up for the rest of the cooking process. And then maybe every 15, 20 minutes or so when it feels organic, I'll recall that intention. And I might say it out loud. Most often, I'll just say it in my head, sort of like a mantra or affirmation. And And because I'm coming back to this intention every 15 to 20 minutes or so, that intention stays with me throughout the cooking process so that the food is continually receiving this reinforced positive intention. So I'll give you an example. If I'm making my easy spaghetti bolognese, which is a recipe you can access on johnnylapasta.com if you're interested, that's a dish that takes about an hour from start to finish. So the first task of easy spaghetti bolognese is chopping onions, carrots, and celery. That is the basis of the bolognese sauce. So at the time of beginning that first task of the dish, I will state the intention aloud. I want this food to bring comfort and joy to my family who I'm cooking for. I want this food to help celebrate my friend's birthday who I'm making this dish for, whatever your intention is. About 15 minutes later, that's about the point where I'll be adding the beef to the vegetables that I've just sauteed. It's actually going to be beyond beef because I don't eat red meat anymore, but you get what I'm saying. After another 15 minutes go by, at that point, I've probably got the sauce assembled, meaning the tomatoes, the wine, the spices, the bay leaf, they're all in there, and I'm starting to bring it to a boil to then reduce to simmer for a little while. Ugh, I'm ready. I'm ready for winter so I can make this dish. So anyway, as I'm getting the sauce to come to a boil, at that point, I will say into the sauce the intention as a reminder. Another 15 minutes go by, the sauce is gently simmering on the stove, and at that point, I'm probably getting the pasta water uh, ready to boil so that I can cook the pasta. I'll say the intention again. 
15 minutes later, I'm probably boiling the pasta. So say it again there. And then lastly, towards the end of the process, I will be mixing the cooked pasta with the finished sauce, putting it into the pasta bowls and sprinkling it with that salty Pecorino Romano. And I'll say the intention one last time. So by the time I am landing these bowls of pasta in front of the faces of my friends and family, it is deeply infused and embedded with my positive intention that I've brought in throughout the cooking process. And it's going to be a knockout. There's no way they can't like it. I mean, I'm just saying it like it is. And that's how it's done. Now, sidebar, in some schools of thought, spirituality, or dare I say, magic, at the risk of making some of the Karens in the room uncomfortable, it is believed there are some simple practices or techniques you can employ to help infuse your food with intentions. My favorite has to do with stirring a soup or a sauce, etc. It is said that when you stir in a clockwise direction with intention, you are infusing the food with energy to be gained by the eater of the food. And when you stir in a counterclockwise direction with intention, you are infusing the food with energy to help remove something from the eater of the food. Here's the easiest example. When I cook a soup for someone who is sick, whether that be myself, my sister, or maybe it's my future gourmand child like we talked about earlier, I take a minute to stir the soup in a clockwise direction and I state the intention I am infusing this food with strength and health so myself, my sister, my future gourmand child can become well again. And then I take a minute to stir the soup in a counterclockwise direction and state the intention. I am infusing this food with the power to remove the sickness, the cold, the flu, whatever it is from my body, from my sister's body, from my future child's body. It may sound a little woo-woo, but I stand by it and that's my truth. Okay, we've made it to the last conscious cooking technique number three cook with love. So going back to what my mama taught me when I was little watching her cook in the kitchen, she taught me to cook with love. Now, how can we do this? Be aware of the love that is in your heart for the people you are cooking for, and also the love you have for yourself. Much like with the intention setting, take a few moments or so with the food every so often in the cooking process and imagine sending love from your heart into the food. You can envision words of love and affirmation going into the food. You could even imagine little Valentine's Day hearts going into the food, like little emojis being dropped into the food. You can imagine love being an ingredient that you are mixing into the food. Whatever helps you visualize this idea of adding love to the food, do that. Hold your hand over the food and say, I make this with love, or my love goes into this food, or simply with love. Listen, I cook for other people a lot. Dinners and brunches for my partner, dinner parties for my friends, holidays and birthdays for my family. 
I mean, we'll see if Miss Rona lets me cook my famous lasagna for my family this year for Christmas, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, point being, at the times that I cook for these people, and I'm conscious, and I practice adding love to the food, I always receive rave reviews, standing ovations, and pleas from someone for me to become their own personal home chef. Now, when I cook for these people and I'm not conscious, and I don't practice adding love to the food, I still get good compliments because I'm a good technical cook. I have a lot of experience, so it's not often that I mess a dish up or even produce a subpar dish. But it's not received to the level that it is when I do practice adding love to the food, when I practice doing everything we've talked about today. And so I really think that there is something to all of this. In conclusion, conscious cooking is not a tangible technique, nor is it a proven science, but it is an intuitive practice and an art form that has as much power as you believe it to have. Personally, I believe that this practice has great power, and I will cook consciously for as long as I'm actively cooking. So today, we've been introduced to conscious cooking, and we've gone over these broad techniques, elevating your state cooking with intention, and cooking with love. But again, this is an intuitive practice, meaning that you have the ability to find what resonates for you when you're practicing conscious cooking. So long as you feel the energy, you feel the power, you feel the vibes, you are cooking consciously. And that, friends, is a wrap on Conscious Cooking. Episode one of What's the Pasta Podcast, done. Sprinkle it with some Parmesan and some julienne basil. As they say in Italy, chin chin and bon appetito. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the What's the Pasta podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you would rate and review this episode, as well as subscribe to my channel and share with your friends. Again, I'm your host, Johnny LaPasta. See you next time. Ciao.